0: Thank you so much for tuning into our podcast. You honor us by finding us and listening in. We pray this sermon stirs up your love for Jesus and grows you in your faith. But before we begin, we ask that you not let this podcast, or any podcast for that matter, replace the local church in your life. You need to be a member of a local congregation and under the shepherding of that flock's pastor. So please become part of a local church if you aren't currently. If you'd like more information about our church, please go to www.MtZionChula.org. Enjoy our podcast. Super mom right there. Uh, Open your Bibles to Exodus 20. Um, Jesus and his disciples were walking through a grain field they were on the Sabbath and um, they got hungry Um, so they started picking grain and eating it the Pharisees saw it and they lost their mind they, they came up and said, your disciples are doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath. What are you doing? They weren't really breaking the Sabbath. They were breaking the Pharisees' traditions around the Sabbath, how the Pharisees said the Sabbath should be done. And Jesus, knowing that, responds to them and says, hey, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. The, the Sabbath was made for man to enjoy. The Sabbath was not made a slave master for man to be, be stuck to. The Sabbath was made as a gift. Uh, Now, the Pharisees like to take the Sabbath and give it a ton of rules that you have to follow in addition to the Sabbath itself. The Sabbath was made not for that, but to be a great blessing for us. It was a day to cease from labors and rest. It was a day off. In the weariness and busyness of life, the Sabbath is a great gift. But it's often treated like a laborious thing, isn't it? It's often treated like a very thing that wouldn't that would that wouldn't allow me to rest but would actually cause me weariness. Because you have so many questions that you ask about it. Like, um, am I allowed to mow my yard on the Sabbath? Am I allowed to eat out at a restaurant on the Sabbath? Because I'm you know, sort of making other people work on the Sabbath. Can I go to the gym and exercise on the Sabbath? That seems like work. Can I just watch tv on the sabbath because isn't it supposed to be holy and you know that's kind of not really you know that's just kind of an uh, everyday activity um if the sabbath is sunday when does the preacher take a sabbath when does he rest and we load it down with so many questions and rules and parameters that it ends up feeling more like work than rest but it was given to us as a gift not as work and so we continue through the Ten Commandments this morning. This morning we come to the fourth commandment. Chapter 20, verse 8 through 11. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter your male servant, your female servant, your livestock, or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. So in regards to the Sabbath this morning, we're going to answer three questions. Three, the first, what is the Sabbath? The second, how do you keep the Sabbath? And third, why should you keep the Sabbath? So first, what is the Sabbath? The word Sabbath is a word that means ceasing, to cease, cease from your labors. Psalm 46.10, be still, cease striving, and know that I am God. Stop your striving. This is the, the, the one of the Ten Commandments that's kind of most different since Jesus has come. It's still there. We still follow it. Jesus did not abolish it. He fulfilled it. And since he has fulfilled it, there's a lot of the particulars of it that were accomplished through him that we maybe um, don't apply in the same way today. So we no longer stone people for not keeping the Sabbath as they would have done in the days of Israel. If we did that, 97% of Americans would be laying dead in the street this week because people don't know how to rest. In light of that, in light of the fact that Jesus fulfilled the Sabbath, it gives us a few questions to, to answer about it. First, what day is it? What day is the Sabbath? Christians differ on when to recognize the Sabbath. Your first thought when you hear that is probably, well, it's Sunday. That's when we go to church. But actually, it was Saturday for Israel. It, it was the, it was Saturday. It was the seventh day. That's what it says. The, the, the seventh day you shall keep holy. The seventh day. On the calendar, if you look at a normal calendar, Sunday is the first day of the week. Sabbath. Saturday is the seventh day of the week. The seventh day. Uh, most people treat Sunday like it's the seventh day of the week, but no, Saturday is the seventh day of the week for Israel, and it would have been for the early Christians because they said that Jesus rose on the first day of the week, which was Sunday, and it's even in the American calendar. You look at it on the little board that you have, and Saturday is the last day of the week. Sunday is the first day of the week. So Israel would have understood Saturday to be the Sabbath, even though Saturday is not what they called it in their calendar. It's Saturday. Uh, actually is a Roman um, edition uh, from, the, from the Roman god Saturn. We use the, the Roman calendar. Um, today, there are Christians who recognize the Sabbath on Saturday, though they're a rare group. Um, you have Seventh-day Adventists. They go to church on Saturday. Um, you have a theological movement called Sabbatarians. They, they, they are very strict on the, the Saturday is the, is the Sabbath, and that's when we're going to observe it. Um, but most Christians do not recognize the Sabbath, as Saturday anymore. No, the early church, um, that they, they started worshiping on Sunday. They started worshiping on the day Jesus rose from the dead, the day of the week that Jesus came back to life. Revelation 1.10, um, John mentions that he was on the island of Patmos on the Lord's Day. The Lord's Day is what they started calling it, um, the, the Sunday. Um, they would start worshiping on Sunday, the Lord's Day. But this is where it starts getting sticky about what day it is, because does the Bible ever say that Christians can just hijack it and make it a different day? Well, no, not really. In fact, some might say that Christians are disobeying the Bible by that. A lot of Jewish people might say that. After all, verse 11 clearly says that that, that God rested on the seventh day, the seventh day of the week, Saturday. So a jewish person might look at that and say well christians keep it on the first day of the week they go to church on the first day of the week they must not believe the inerrancy of every word of the bible look at them so why do christians no longer keep the sabbath on saturday well if you look at the new testament some of the things the new testament says about the sabbath um it's pretty shocking um honestly some of these things if i were to preach a sermon saying this kind of thing you might say uh, that i don't know if he believes the bible Just listen to a couple of them. Romans 14, verses 5 and 6. One person esteems one day as better than another, while another esteems all days alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. The one who observes the day observes it to honor the Lord. The one who eats eats in the honor of the Lord, since he gives thanks to God. While the one who abstains abstains in the honor of the Lord and gives thanks to God. So that that Paul seems to imply there, as far as religious days are concerned, each person has their own convictions about them, whether or not they have to observe it. But then the even more shocking was Colossians chapter 2, verses 16 and 17. Paul says, Therefore let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink or with regard to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. There are, these are shadows of the things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. That kind of sounds like Paul says... If you don't want to observe the Sabbath, don't let people judge you for it. That, that kind of sounds like what he says. So if you don't keep it, he seems to say, don't let anyone condemn you for it. But is Paul saying that? Is he saying that the Sabbath is no more, that we no longer observe Because that's what some people sometimes imply from their reading of the New Testament, that, that, that Christians don't have to observe the Sabbath anymore. Jesus fulfilled it, so this commandment we don't really have to pay attention to. That's what some people seem to think. So, so it's okay if we work seven days a week and never go to church. It's okay if we never take a day off, and it's okay if we never go to church. That's the implications that pan out from that idea. But is that what the Bible teaches? Well, I don't think so. The Ten Commandments are not eliminated with the coming of Jesus. They're still binding on us, but they have deeper meanings. They have deeper meanings that are fleshed out in the life and ministry of Jesus. That's what we've looked at as we've looked at each one of them. Each one of them finds fulfillment and new applications in the coming of Jesus, and the Sabbath is the same. They they may slightly change in their applications, but they they don't go null and void. Jesus never broke the Sabbath. Understand that. Jesus never broke it. He did break the traditions that the Pharisees had made with the Sabbath, They had a lot of crazy traditions regarding the Sabbath, and Jesus broke those, but those were not authoritative Scripture. People love to elevate their traditions and their opinions up as the authority of Scripture and put Scripture on second level, but it's the opposite. Scripture is first authority, and the way we do things, the opinions that we have, the traditions that we do, they're not binding the way Scripture is. Jesus never broke the Sabbath as the Bible lays it out. Like you read the Gospels, and well, I think we picture Jesus as just like, like, like ministering sun up to sun down seven days a week every, every week of the year. That's not what Jesus did. Like you read, and there's a point, that, I think it's Mark chapter 6, after him and the disciples have done a lot of ministry, Jesus tells them, hey, let's, let's go away for a little bit and rest. Let's go on, on a vacation, guys. Let, let's go. That's what they do. They, they get away. They get away and rest. Jesus knew the value of Sabbath rest. He knew what that was. Um, Exodus 31, you can flip over there, um, deals with the Sabbath as well. Um, We're actually going to um, cover this portion here rather than when we get there in the book of Exodus. Exodus 31, 12 through 18. As God is writing the law... Um, chapter 20 through chapter 31 is kind of the main portion of the law so this is how he closes out the writing of the law in the book of Exodus and the Lord said to Moses you are to speak to the people of Israel and say above all you shall keep my Sabbaths for this is a sign between me and you throughout your generations that you may know that I the Lord sanctify you you shall keep the Sabbath because it is holy for you everyone who profanes it shall be put to death Whoever does any work on it that show that soul shall be cut off from among the people six days shall work be done but the seventh day is a sabbath of solemn rest holy to the lord whoever does any work on the sabbath shall be put to death therefore the people of israel shall keep the sabbath observing the sabbath throughout the, their generations as a covenant forever it is a sign forever between me and the people of israel that in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, and on the seventh day he rested and and was refreshed. And he gave to Moses when he had finished speaking with him on Mount Sinai, the two tablets of the testimony, tablets of stone, written with the finger of God. This is how God concludes the writing of the law in in the book of Exodus. Um, and, And it says that he literally wrote this with his finger. Now we know that God doesn't literally have a finger, God is in, God is a spirit, um, but but he's speaking to us people who would know how to understand it. He, he wrote these things with his finger. Um, it, it's a sign. The Sabbath remains forever, it says. It, it does not go away. It remains forever, and it's a sign of the covenant between God and the people. That's what it is. It is um, binding on us for forever. Hebrews 4, 9, and, 9 through 11, I read it when we started the service. There remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God, for whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works um, as God did from his. Let us therefore strive to enter that rest so that no one may fail by the same sort of disobedience. Understand, eternity will be an eternal Sabbath where we rest from our weariness forever. So it's not true that the Sabbath is no longer a thing, even though some say that. So what day do we keep it on? We said some people say Saturday, some say Sunday. There is a third view, and it's the one I hold to. I'm of the viewpoint that there's no particular day to observe the Sabbath anymore. It's just one out of seven days. You, you pick a day, and you observe it. You take one out of seven, and you observe Sabbath rest. I come to that conclusion bringing together everything we've looked at this morning, all the passages, um, and, and for most people, that's going to be Saturday or Sunday because of the society we live in. That's how it works. For me, though, Sunday's my busiest day of the week. Sunday's my most taxing work day of the week. Now, it's a joy to, to preach, but, but, but preaching takes a lot out of me, like it does. I'm not resting right now, I'm working. So Sunday's not my Sabbath, nor is Saturday, actually. Um, I usually take Friday as my Sabbath. Saturday can be a day of labor for me. I, sometimes church activities happen Saturday. Sometimes I, I, I got yard work I have to get done. Um, that things that are wearisome to me, I don't do anything on Friday that is laborious. I rest. Uh, now, of course, if there's an emergency, if one of you, you know, need me, obviously that's gonna go out the window, but, but, but pending any um, emergencies, I rest on, on Friday. I, I rest. So you should take a day off every week to cease from your labors. For most people in America, that is going to be Saturday or Sunday. But it may not be, depending on what your career is. Some of you may have to work on Saturday and Sunday. There's not a specific day of the week binding on this command anymore. That's why I don't have a problem eating out at a restaurant on Sunday because it's not a thing of I'm the reason that person's working on the Sabbath. No, they're going to be working whether I'm there or not. I don't view the Sabbath like that. What do you do on the day off? So we said we're going to answer what is the Sabbath, how do you keep it, and why should you keep it? So how do you keep it? You do two things on the Sabbath, on your Sabbath. You rest and you worship. You rest and worship. And you worship, first you rest. Leviticus 23.3, six days shall work be done, but on the seventh is a Sabbath of solemn rest, a holy convocation. You shall do no work. It's a Sabbath to the Lord in all your dwelling places, so do no work. Secondly, uh, Amos 8.4 and 5, hear this, you who trample on the needy and bring the poor of the land to an end, saying, when will the new moon be over, that we may sell grain? And the Sabbath, that we may offer wheat for sale, that we may make the ifith small and the shekel great, our deal and deal deceitfully with false balances. Um, what that's saying is, when's the day of rest going to be over? Because we really want to work. Our heart cries out to do business, to get stuff done, to be busy. The Sabbath is a day to stop all of that, to cease from labors. It's a day for recreation. Do you hear that word? Recreation. We, we think of that, you know, playing sports or something. But do you know what recreation is? Hear it. Recreation. It's a day to have your soul restored, to have your body restored, to be recreated. We do restful activity on the Sabbath. This isn't about just sitting around the couch and not moving. That's, I think that's what we picture when we think of rest, but that's not what we're talking about. The Pharisees had a lot of silly rules when it came to the Sabbath, that you can only travel so many steps outside of your home. And, and after that, you've broken the Sabbath. Nowhere in the Bible, that's just what they came up with. There are Jews today who won't take an elevator on the Sabbath because it's making the elevator work. I, that must be in 2nd Opinions chapter 4 because I don't know where that's at. That's not what we're talking about. That's not what we're talking about. On, on the Sabbath, you do activities that are restful for you that restore your soul and your body. That's going to differ for each person in this room. Things you find restful, I don't find restful, and vice versa. So with the questions that we ask, can you mow the yard on the Sabbath? Well, depends. Is it a restful activity for you? It's not for me, so I don't mow the yard on the Sabbath. Can I go to the gym and exercise on the Sabbath? Maybe. Depends. Am I going to be enjoying it when I do it, or am I going to be like, Ugh, when's this going to be over with? That, that can tell me whether or not I should do it on the Sabbath. Can I do chores around the house on my Sabbath? Depends. Is it restful? Because sometimes the dishes are a chore for me, and I hate them, and other times I put my earphones in and listen to a podcast, and I love it. You do things that restore your body and your soul, so I read on my Sabbath, but I don't read books pertaining to ministry. I watch a movie on my Sabbath. I go to the movies. I cook. I enjoy using my hands and cooking. I spend time with my family where I don't have to work, where I don't have to have work on my mind. If I'm Feeling like it's not going to be labor, I'll go exercise. I take a nap. I play piano. I might sketch. I might write. I like going around and seeing historical sites. I do things that are restful to me, and, and that must be what you do, too. Now, what if you aren't in a career yet? Because I see a few of you that aren't yet working a career. What if you're in that part? Well, you find other ways to practice Sabbath. So here's how I did it in seminary. I did have a job in seminary, but throw the job out. Um, school was partly my job in seminary. In seminary. Um, so I had a rule for myself in seminary that I didn't do homework on Sunday. I worked all week to get my homework done so that on Sunday I could just cease from doing homework. And it was wonderful. And all my friends were stressing out every Sunday. We'd go to church, they'd come home, they'd go to the library and load themselves up with study, and I'm sitting in my room just enjoying myself, or I'm going for a walk around campus, or, or whatever. I, I would do, get to do that because I planned for the rest of the week, getting my homework done so that I could have that day off. We don't put rules and regulations on this. It's not, it's not rest when you do that. When you've got a checklist of things you have to do related to the Sabbath, and if you don't do these things you've, you've sinned, like that ends up being work and not rest. The Lord gave the Sabbath to be a blessing for your soul. Sabbath is difficult in some seasons of life. My Sabbath looks different now that I have two young kids than it did before. Before kids, I would get up, I would go to the gym on Friday, I would come home and watch a movie, I'd rest, I'd enjoy life and, and very peaceful. And with kids, it's, it's different. It's a lot more like uh, I take Haddon to get donuts and then we go to the Agorama and he plays on the playground. I'm helping bring him joy. And then maybe I'll do those activities I used to do on his nap time. There's seasons of your life that Sabbath is going to look a little different. When you're caring for a dying parent, that's going to look different. Um, When when we lived in Louisville, Adrienne worked at a tax office. And um, during, like, the 10 weeks of tax season, like, she would go to work early in the morning and not get home till like, late at night. Because that's what tax season was like. And that was almost an everyday thing. So in those seasons, you have to find creative ways to Sabbath and rest and stop your ceasing. You rest on the Sabbath. Secondly, you worship on the Sabbath. You see all throughout Scripture that it was on the Sabbath that people went to the temple. Paul would go and reason with the Jews in the temple on the Sabbath. Jesus would read scripture in the temple on the Sabbath. You gather for worship. Two aspects to this. You personally worship on your Sabbath, and you gather corporately with God's people on the Lord's Day, like we're doing right now. You personally worship on the Sabbath. That you do on the day that you rest. You do things for the restoration of your soul. It's not just about having fun. It is you do fun activities that restore your soul. You also seek the Lord during that time in a really special way. Ideally, you do this every day. You should be. But Sabbath is a time when the distractions die away and you seek the Lord. This isn't just about I worship God on the boat. Because I don't know anybody who actually worships God on the boat. That's just what they say so they don't come to church. Matthew 6 Thirty-three. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. That's what he says. He says, put away your distractions and seek first the kingdom of God. You do that when you Sabbath. You spend time in his word, and you spend time in prayer. You get before him and seek his face that you might be transformed. And he will take care of all the other parts of your life when you do that. Sabbath is ultimately about stopping and allowing the Lord to take the driver's seat of your life rather than yourself. You don't drive the car. He does. You worship privately and you gather corporately on the Lord's Day. This may happen on your Sabbath. It may not. If Sunday's the day you Sabbath, then that's when it happens. Remember, my Sabbath is typically Friday. So this happens a different day for me, the Lord's Day, Sunday. The pattern of gathering for corporate worship on the Lord's Day was modeled straight from the Sabbath in the Old Testament. You need this. You need this. God has set this up that we're doing right now to gather together to be strengthened by one another. This isn't a thing that you're watching a show that I'm putting on. You're strengthening one another. As we sang together just a minute ago, the voices that you're hearing around you are strengthening your soul. As I preach the word, you're being strengthened. And hearing it in community is strengthening you in a way that it wouldn't happen if you were just watching it on TV. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near you. We gather together to stir up one another to love and good works. You hear that word stir up and, and think of coffee. You put cream and sugar in your coffee and you stir it up and you have a wonderful drink there to drink. Now, if you um, just take the creamer bottle and take a drink of it, it's not good. I've tried it when I was 10. All right, It's not good. I thought it was milk. But if you put it in coffee and stir it up, you got something beautiful. That's what we do in church. We take people who are all separate, and they stir each other up to be something beautiful. There are things you're going, that, that you're going through right now. There are things that you went through 10 years ago that someone in the pew next to you is going through right now, and you can help them walk through that. That's what we're here for, and vice versa. They can help you in what you're going through. You need to hear God's word preached. You need to hear the prayers of your neighbor. You need to sing the truths that, that we sing. You need to fellowship together. And when you do that, you then scatter around the county, and you be disciples of Jesus where you go. So the question, is Sunday the climax of your week? or is it crash day? Our culture has Friday and Saturday as the climax of the week, and then we crash on Sunday, and we um, rest so that we can get back to work on Monday and start it all over. We, we live it up on Friday and Saturday, whether it's at the lake or the ball field or the beach or the clubs or whatever, and then we crash on Sunday and recover from all that so that we can be okay to work on, on Monday. When we do that all over again every single week, God's people are different. God's people long to gather with God's people to worship all week, to worship the risen Savior. So all week they're thinking, man, I can't wait to sing with God's people on Sunday. I can't wait to see my brothers and sisters in Christ on Sunday. I can't wait to hear the beautiful word of God proclaimed on Sunday. I'm waiting for that. And our anticipation builds all week until it finally arrives. So it's a question. Are you worldly or godly when it comes to this? Does your week reach its climax on the Lord's Day or does it crash on the Lord's Day after a weekend of fun? Which one? What is the Sabbath? How do you keep the Sabbath, the third and final? Why should you keep the Sabbath? Let me give you a few reasons. It's not just because God said so. Absolutely, that's all we need. That's enough. But people today want more of an explanation than just that. So let me give a few. We, we have several. First, keep the Sabbath because it's a gift to your soul. It's a gift to your soul. Why would you not take this good gift? You know, if I, um, you know, bought a nice car and pulled it up and said, "Hey, this is yours," I'm not going to do that. I just don't have the money. I'm sorry, but pulled it up and said, "Hey, here's the key. Here's this nice car." Um, Would you ever say, "I don't need that"? You know, it's a nice car. I don't need it. My car's broke down. It's about to drive off a cliff. But I don't need that car. I'm giving it to you. It's a nice gift. Would you not take a nice gift? The Lord knows it is our sinful inclination to always be striving and always be laboring. I don't know, preacher. There's help wanted signs everywhere. Nobody wants to work. Well, yes, but Sabbath is not just about resting from a job, a nine-to-five job. It's about resting from your labors. The teenager who's always on their phone just dying to stay up to date on all the trending topics of the day needs a Sabbath from that. The 20-something that doesn't know how to be bored, so they fill every moment up with a podcast or Netflix, um, they need a Sabbath from that. God knows this is our sinful inclination, so he gives us the blessing of a Sabbath. He says, one day a week, just stop doing what your flesh craves and just rest and relax and let me handle your life. And trust me that I'm in control. You should keep the Sabbath because it's countercultural. It's countercultural. We live in a culture of busyness. Our culture used to show off status with leisure. How, How much time you spend at the boat or how much money you have or how big your man cave is or whatever. That used to be how our culture showed off status. Today it's in how busy we are. Look, how, look at the 64 extracurricular activities that I, I'm involved in. It's wonderful. Let's, let's look, let, look at how many service projects I'm doing. Look how much I'm doing. That shows our status. And it may feel like success and thriving, but it's draining you physically and emotionally and spiritually. But you're numb to it because you're so busy that you never have a moment to sit and listen and hear God. You need Sabbath so you can hear the state of your own soul and find renewal, quietness, and stillness. They're necessary to your vitality. They're as necessary to your vitality as water and oxygen are. The answer to our epidemic of busyness in America is Sabbath. Keep the Sabbath because it reminds you of your finitude. Uh, that's a funny word. I, I like that word. Basically, that you are finite, that you're not infinite. We are finite creatures. We are born, we live, we die. God, does not, God was not born. He does not die. He is infinite. We are born, we live, we die. We are finite creatures. We're not God. God alone is infinite in all that he is. He is all-powerful. He is infinite in power, infinite in knowledge, infinite in sovereignty, infinite in Uh, In everything. He never has to sleep. Ever. I'm not like that. I'm limited. I can't do everything. I can't be everywhere at the same time. There are things I don't have the strength to lift, there are things that I do not know and will never know. I can't read every book that comes out. I can't watch every new movie. I can't stay up to date on everything going on in the world. I can't meet every need. I'm limited, just like you are. And Sabbath reminds me of that. It reminds me that I'm not the one keeping the earth spinning, God is. I'm not the one in control, God is. It's one day a week where I step back and remind myself I'm not God. And that draws me to greater worship of God and gives me more joy keep the Sabbath because you can't escape it. You can't escape it. You can't ultimately escape rest. Every night when I sleep, I'm, ce- I'm ceasing from labors and trusting God to keep me alive. I'm not doing anything while I sleep to keep my heart beating. God does that. And if you refuse to take a Sabbath, God will often make you take it. I notice that about myself a lot. Sometimes I'll be so loaded down with busyness and and stress that I'll continue push forward because I feel like I've got to and I won't rest and I'll labor morning to evening day after day and then I'll end up not feeling good and it, it's happened to me multiple times since I've been a pastor I I, I I felt like I had the flu I had to lay in bed all day and I, I just felt like I had the flu but I didn't I didn't have a fever I didn't have you know, any indigestion, any congestion or anything like that? Nothing. I didn't have a head cold. I just felt like I was sick. And I had to be in bed all day. And I laid there, and after a day or two, I was better again. I call it getting stress sick. That's, that's what I've given a name for it myself. And I think when that happens, it's the Lord making me rest. He's saying, Aaron, you've got to stop. I'm going to make you stop. And trust me, it's much better to take a Sabbath and enjoy it and have to be stuck in bed feeling horrible for a day. And finally, keep the Sabbath because Jesus is our ultimate rest. He's our ultimate rest. Remember, the Sabbath is a shadow of what to come. Colossians 2, I read it earlier. It's a shadow of what is to come. Jesus fulfilled the Sabbath. So the Sabbath rest ultimately points to the rest found in him, eternal rest. Rest accomplished in his death and resurrection. Our soul needs rest. Our soul constantly seeks to labor, to work our way to eternal rest, and God knew we'd never reach that. So the reason your soul is so restless is that you might not have eternal rest. You must cease striving and know that he's God. You must rest in Christ through faith, either for the first time to receive him for salvation or anew this morning. Take up your cross daily and follow him. Why are you striving? Why are you trying to keep your life in control? You can't. Christ can You cannot control your life. Would you come rest in him? Hear what he said. Maybe my favorite words from him. I'm actually preaching this text next week for Avac Sunday. Matthew 11, 28-30. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. People may think God is cruel. People may think that God is demanding. People may think that God is harsh. Those are words from God himself. Come to me and rest. I'm not trying to put a weight on you. I'm trying to give you rest, is what he says. Because you're weary. Because you're restless. Because you're striving. And there is rest available to you. Come to him and find it. Come to him and find it in him. He is rest for your souls and you need it. He is Lord of the Sabbath and he will give it to you. Let's pray. Father, I come to you. And Lord, I know that many here need rest. Many here need rest that they um, have been longing for, that they've been trying so many things to, to get, and they haven't found it. Because Lord, rest, true rest is only found in you. It's only found in resting from our labors and worshiping. And so draw us to that this morning. Draw us to need rest from our Savior. And to recognize that and to come looking for it. To stop trying to find it in, um, in, in whatever else we're, we're looking to it for in um, comfort food or in um, you know kicking back on the couch or, or, or whatever, Lord. Those things are good, but they aren't ultimate. We need you for rest. And so, Lord, give it to us. You say, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest you will you promise it we just have to come to you and so i pray for those here today that are weary and heavy laden and i pray that they'll finally throw off the weight that is on their shoulder and run to jesus and find rest the lord of the sabbath the one who gives rest we pray all this in his name